0: They may not know everything about sports, but the view from their couch is pretty good. So kick back and enjoy a brew, because you know they already are. Here is
1: Eric Dorsch. They're crazy enough to let me be in charge. Russ Ivanek.
0: 8 out of 10 from the judges, 5 out of 10 from the German judge. And Justin Marcus. Our best defense has been long, hard, and yellow all year long. This is Armchair Sports Talk.
1: All right, welcome into Armchair Sports Talk. As usual, I am your host, Eric Dorsch. Football is officially over here in the city of Detroit, but guess what? We're not ready to stop talking about it because it's... For right now, we're great at football because it's not happening right now, so we're really good at it. Uh, So to keep this discussion going, talk about the new offensive coordinator the Lions have gotten, Uh, I'm going to bring in Russ Ivanak. Russ, how you doing today, buddy?
0: Hey, I'm doing good,
1: man. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. We're going to get to still talk about football, and it's not going to be upsetting because we it's not bad. It's at least not bad. It's good things, in theory. Uh, but for the bad things, we have to bring in Justin Marcus, who will always keep us in our place. Jay, how you doing today, pal? Well,
0: it's popping, man.
1: You sound so enthusiastic and ready to go. I can tell.
0: Well, when you when you bring me on like that, I mean, I might as well just come with the heat to go. All right. Well, that's Let's fair. That's fair.
1: You know, I mean, I'll reset it. Bringing in Mr. Sunshine. Just, no, no one's going to believe Mr. Sunshine. Sunshine nah, no, Justin no, no. Marcus. No. Yeah. I can't sell that, buddy. Sorry. Um, so, Lions, after a little bit of a search, I wanted Todd Haley. I really did. I can't tell you why I wanted Todd Haley, but I wanted Todd Haley. And we didn't get Todd Haley. Uh, we went with Daryl Bavel a offensive coordinator for the Vikings from 06 to 10 Seahawks from 11 to 18 won the Super Bowl uh, with the Seahawks and just for me because he's a QB and I I love it Four-year starter at Wisconsin. So uh, other than that I know diddly about this guy Uh, Russ's video yesterday gave the impression that we might actually run the ball and uh, you know I'm always for that love seeing carry on touch the football hopefully carry on healthy next year to be able to enjoy this offense but Russ, uh, I guess at first glance, doing a little look here, uh, what are your impressions of Daryl Well,
0: it, it completes the we-want-to-be-like-Seattle-was a couple of years ago picture that it seems like uh, Bob Quinn's trying to build here. Um, four out of the seven years he was with Seattle, they were in the top five in running. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like it falls in line with his whole commitment to the run thing. Yeah. Now, four of those years, those same years, they ran the ball – more than 50% of their plays that's unheard of nowadays in the NFL worth mentioning though that his last two years in Seattle only 41 and 42% of the time did they run the ball so this contrary to what it looks like that's not all he does he isn't just running and uh seeing that he's worked with Brett Favre when he was good in Green Bay and that one year that he was good in Minnesota he knows how to craft an offense around a gunslinging quarterback so the hope might not be dead that Stafford has an offensive coordinator that's
1: going to let him loose. Uh, I would love it. It'd be great. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. I, I want to I, – because I know deep down in there, there is a quarterback in Stafford that can be very effective for mm-hmm. this city. Uh, the question is what offensive coordinator slash scheme is going to release that in him that we get to see it. But having spent the last X amount of months talking Lions football with you guys, we all seem to be on the same page that – there's one thing we like more than anything else, and that's seeing Carry On Johnson do what Carry Johnson does. And this offense, you know, at first glance seems to be tailored to that. Put the ball in this guy's hand. Let's see what he can do. It's phenomenal. Hopefully, LeGarrett Blunt won't be there this year to screw it up. Uh, does it seem like I'm a little upset about LeGarrett Blunt? I, yeah, I feel like not I'm at all. That. Not at all. I feel like I'm giving that off a little bit. Um, <laughs> but on the flip side, Jay, you're, you know, as the man of the people. You know, as someone who will give us the straightforward truth, do you like this hire? You are not feeling this hire? Where where are you at with this?
0: I'm I'm happy that we were doing this a day after the hire because I think once you know everyone can kind of just calm down with their initial like um, you know opinions on it because people are like oh all we're gonna do is run the ball great Well, it's like okay I think it I think it's fine being a day away from it listening to some of the stuff in the in the media and the news cycle. I'm okay with it. Um, the reason why I'm okay with it is because, you know, a lot of people are trying to build this, this story that, you know, this is a passing league. So when you do anything that's, you know, defensive or, or, or rushing the ball, you're not going with the trend. I, I think it's a very short-sighted trend because I think we have to be both a passing uh, team, but also a balanced attack. So, yeah, we bring in someone who comes from a good background um, outside of working on the four-and-one um, who can run the ball with a team. And, you know, having that come in, I think it helps use carry on effectively to the point where then we can try to improve uh, with, uh, you know, some more offensive weapons uh, to the draft and free agency. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I think if, if we find guys like this, it's the same thing with Patricia. He was a defensive dude. I want him to commit to defense and build that great. Our OC, same thing. Focus on the run game. Um, let's start solidifying some areas and then start building upon them. So I'm I'm okay with it, uh, you know, on day two.
1: Okay. Uh, now, touching on what you just said there, Patricia, defensive guy, Bavel obviously has experience on the offensive side of the football, knows what he's doing. If you're Patricia, I, I guess knowing the experience, knowing that you actually have an offensive coordinator who's got multiple teams of experience, he has success in this league, You or, or, Russ, I'll let you go first here, but Jay, I want your opinion too are you guys thinking this should be more of Patricia going completely hands off and saying, you do you, Uh, I'll still talk to you, we'll still get a feel, but you do you and, you know, I'll stay back and see what you uh, can make happen with this offense.
0: Based on how last year went, uh, I don't think that's going to be the case, but I would love if it was. Um, He comes from the Belichick school of thought, right, and there is not a single thing that goes on there that he doesn't have a hand in, And, and we saw last year at least Patricia wasn't ready for that kind of deal. And it it really showed up in how much Jim Bob Cooter's offense changed. I mean, I talked about it before that Stafford all of a sudden has a play sheet on his wrist. Like that's not a coincidence that that's there. And suddenly we have a new head coach trying to change the offense. It's his prerogative because it's his staff. And Mm -hmm. if it works, he gets all the credit. If it doesn't, he gets all the blame too, though. I, but I would love to see him go. I'll focus on the defense. You grab the offense. And let's go. That would be
1: nice. It'd be very good. And but I also think you got to look at this as like it, it, you're you're looking at two different scenarios here. Uh, your you, Patricia comes in last year. Cooter has some experience, not that much. Probably was a little in over his head. This is a guy who I don't really think ever should have been an offensive coordinator. I mean, if you want to make him like a passing game coordinator, like they did with Byron Lefwich in Arizona, that's fine. That the, go for it. But this is not a guy that I think was ever fully able to handle the responsibilities of an entire offensive game plan for 16 weeks in a row. I, you know, at this level, it just it, it isn't. He 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 kind of worked his way up a lot quicker than most. Whereas Bevel has some success. He's got a Super Bowl ring. I'm not putting that Super Bowl ring entirely on him and his offense because obviously we all know that defense was insane for those mm-hmm. years. But at the same time, this it's almost. There, there's just such a severity and indifference of experience that I feel like if you're Patricia, weight's got to be taken off your shoulder. You don't feel like you have to babysit anymore. So why not just go, you know what? You kind of seem to know what you're doing. I, I've got this over here I'm trying to fix with this defense, trying to get it how I want it. You do you. We'll, you know, we'll meet during the week. You can tell me what you're thinking. If I have input, I'll give it to you. But otherwise, I think you, you've got enough – you know, experience in this league to, to know what you're doing. I mean, am I wrong there, Jay, or do you kind of think that's, that should be his mindset?
0: I mean, I just, I, the only thing I have an issue with is like, I don't like when there's silos. I don't like when there's one person who's in charge of everything. It might be, you know, simple to blame that one person and move on and grab a new person. But I, for if, if a head coach, be it any sport, I want you involved in every aspect. Um, do you delegate and let those people do what you hired them to do? yes but um you know like like you said you, when you win the coach is going to get all of you know the the compliments and the success but when you lose we're going to be looking right at patricia again so i want him involved in as much as he can be to the point where you still let the other person work um but you know year over year the only thing that's changing so far is our oc so whatever we were doing last year didn't really work out too well um, so at a, at a minimum, I would not replicate whatever delegations were used uh, for this past season.
1: Yeah. I like that way of thinking, though, Jay, and I liked a comment you made about how, you, you know, it, it's not like when you win, it's the head coach that gets all the credit. Because still, to this day, one of my favorite lines in a sports movie is Denzel Washington looking at, and remember the Titans at the other coach, and saying, I've never seen an assistant coach's name in the paper for losing a football game. Because it's not true. No matter whose fault it is, it all falls on the head coach. So I get the need to you know, kind of make sure all your ducks are in a row. I just feel like with this hiring, and believe me, I'm not trying to oversell this guy as the second coming of anything. We could just as easily go out and have as bad an offense as we did this year. Uh, it just will look different. I just think you, you see some experience. You want to think that those rookie mistakes we saw from Cooter or that fear of you know, trying things that you don't know are going to necessarily work, I want to think that bavell has got that kind of worked out and may be able to Adjust, adapt, see what they're doing. Hey, we're not running the ball very well this, you know, this week. Maybe we'll start throwing it a little bit more. Or, you know, we, we seem to have this wide open gap on the left side every time. Maybe we'll keep going that way as opposed to it being wide open and us running three screens to the right, like Cooter did. So it, it I, I see some potential. And again, I'm just, you know, I'm excited to see an offense that might actually be tailored to the talented players we have. Not an offense that. You don't really know what they're going to do. I mean, let's be honest, guys. This offense last year looked like a high school offense that had no idea. I mean, Stafford barely ever threw the ball farther than 20 yards this year. That's not Stafford's strong suit. The guy has a rocket for an arm. Let him use it. Go ahead for it. You got Kenny Galladay, which, by the way, uh, I love Kenny Galladay's comment that we don't need Antonio Brown here. Uh, that I think, was sweet. I think that's fantastic. That's a guy who he's ready to be the number one, whether he is the number one on this team. Remains to be seen. I'm sure we'll get into that during this offseason, but just love those comments. Love the confidence coming out of this team, especially after the year they had. They're not giving up. Young talent seems to be in on it, and hopefully, Bavel jumps right in, clicks well, and we're looking at a team that's rare and ready to go come this uh, preseason and through this draft. This draft, I think, is going to tell a lot. I mean, we've all said we know they need defense, we know they need to go after defense, but. You know, you got a new offensive coordinator. I'd be interested to see what kind of pieces he thinks this offense needs throughout this draft. Do we see them in the second round maybe draft a wide receiver or maybe go after another big lineman because he doesn't feel one of the pieces across the front is going to work for him. It'll be interesting to see and see what he can do. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Staying in the NFL, but really not staying in the NFL because we don't know if this guy's going to end up in the NFL, uh, Kyler Murray has decided – I have a baseball contract. Maybe I'm going to try and see if I can get an NFL contract, too. Eh, Just a shot. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Uh, The 5'9", 195-pound quarterback out of Oklahoma. This year's Heisman Trophy winner, uh, which my wife is still very ecstatic about for some reason. That's Boomer Sooner. Yeah, Boomer Sooner all the way. Uh, (laughs) As I'm wearing an Oklahoma hat. uh, Not a at all. But this guy wants to be an NFL quarterback, and he thinks he genuinely has a chance. Uh, Everything I've seen... He's either going sixth, and this is early speculation. Remember, this draft doesn't come for another three months. Uh sixth to the Giants, thirteenth to the Miami. I you know, I, I take a lot of flack for this. I personally don't think this guy is your quarterback of the future. I, I think you're gonna if you if you draft him in the first round, odds are you're probably wasting a first round pick because he he just doesn't seem like all the intangible and I think a lot of this is capitalizing on what Baker did last year. Baker was undersized. Baker was not a guy that anybody thought should have been the first overall pick. Baker proved wrong. I I don't see Baker when I see Kyler. They're two different types of guys and I personally don't think that Kyler Murray should be that excited about the NFL cuz I don't think it's going to work out for him. I just don't. Uh, I like the guy. Hell of a talent, but when you look at the numbers, they're there, you know, passing wise, but the, any, you know, division 1 quarterback can can throw the ball. Uh, the thing is though, the size, this is the one time you'll hear me talk about size because at five, nine, I know full and well, this guy's an inch taller than me. And I know for a fact, I'm not seeing over any NFL line. If you put me out there, I'm, I'm just not, uh, shortest quarterback in the league since Doug Flutie, if he goes to the league, this is just a situation where I think you've got money guaranteed. You're, you're guaranteed to get some money out of baseball. You know they're 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 going to hand you a contract. They 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 seem to want you for reasons we don't know. We talked about it in the you know pregame and or pre show, and we'll discuss it a little bit right now. But Justin, as another man of the less height, where
0: excellent it's excellent. True, vertically he, challenged.
1: Vertically challenged. Thank you. Yes, as a man who has a harder time getting on roller coasters than I do, <laughs> I want to know: is this a wise move for Kyle? I know you. You're that pay that man his money is this a good move for Kyler Murray to say, I already have guaranteed money over here. Let me see what I can get over there.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's leverage. I mean, if you're, I mean, maybe a more humbler person wouldn't, uh, you know, take advantage of that, but it's sports. Everything is inflated and the dollar is huge. So when you're sitting in between two different leagues, um, get paid. I mean, and, yeah, is there the whole, okay, health versus longevity and your career? Yeah, you can weigh that out. But if you want to gamble, there's there's hundreds of players that do it every year for the NFL. So I would I would do it in a heartbeat. I would leverage both teams against each other. Oh, whoop-de-doo, I got to give the Oakland A's like $4.5 back? I will because I'm probably going to make, like, you know, 20, 30, whatever the entry-level first-round thing is because I'll probably go in the first. Um, I mean, it, it's money, right? You don't know. We don't know what his world's like, and what he's got to pay, and who we want to take care of. And uh, if you have a chance to make more money, the the dollar is still green in both leagues. Last I checked, I would I would chase the dollar.
1: That's fair. Uh, You you spoke for about a minute and a half right there, very eloquently. Uh, I all all I heard was
0: pay that man his money
1: over and over again. Hell yeah! (laughs) It's like that Turbo (laughs) Tax commercial where it's free, 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 free. That's all I heard was just that over and over again. Uh, To be honest, I mean. Don't be wrong. I'm not trying to take away how athletically gifted this player is. I mean, the guy literally has the potential to be a, you know, pro athlete in two different sports. That's, that's a rare thing. And you know, when it comes along, it's great. But I mean, it's a straightforward question. Russ, if you're the GM of any one of these 32 teams, are you willing to take a first round pick and commit it to Kyler Murray? Knowing uh- that, knowing that he's got a pro baseball contract. And if you don't, and we're gonna to get to to this again in uh, with all the NCAA transfers too, because I think this kind of correlates. Knowing full well, if you don't give him what he wants, he's got a legitimate backup plan. He's not like the rest of these guys where, if you don't offer him the contract he wants, or you don't you don't give him the position he wants, he can go sell insurance or be you know an analyst somewhere. This guy legitimately has bank money sitting in another league. Well, I'll,
0: I'll try and take their mindset as well. So. So, one, as an NFL owner, you're not intimidated by the MLB. There, that is 100% a league of 32 old white guys that think, my shit doesn't stink, and we're the best thing in the world. Yeah. So that I think they're only concerned as much as the, the bullshit reasons you hear leading up to the draft of, well, is he really committed to playing football? Well, well f- first off, if he wasn't all that committed to football, he wouldn't have played out his last year and won the Heisman. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's at least interested in it. I would, I'd have to have a long conversation with the young man, to be honest with you. It, Cause part of me sees this as it looks like his heart's in football and that's what he wants to go do. And he wants, he wants the benefit of being paid now. Whereas baseball, the longer term payout might be more if he cashes in, if he ends up being a big star, uh, but immediately he's making league minimum for a little bit. Yeah, it's but I'm true. also concerned that he is using this as a leverage play because Kyler Murray, the baseball player, this is his this is his best move is to make Major League Baseball think he'd go to the NFL so that they pony up more money to get him to stay. So that there is a definite concern, and uh, I, I think the only way you can answer that is conversations that we're not going to be privy of in closed rooms.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fair. It is true. And uh, you actually, while well, listening to that, you actually brought up a fair question that I'd kind of like to ask for our generation, I mean, we're obviously we're all the same age, went to school together you know, all that for our generation or for our parents' generation, baseball was America's pastime. I mean, mm-hmm. does it seem like maybe in the last 20 something years that shifted a little bit where now it's the NFL? I mean, our generation, I feel Absolutely. like if you talk to like our friends and our, our group, I feel like the NFL has taken, in college football, you know, together, have kind of taken prominence in what we follow. Baseball, you know, you kind of almost have to be a baseball fan and interested in order to follow it as religiously as need be. I mean, I don't know about you two, Russ, I know you're, you're a little more of a baseball guy than I am, but if you asked me to name off, like, the top five guys batting average last year, I couldn't do it. I, I, I could probably guess at a couple, but... Mm-hmm. You ask me who like the, the top five you know passers were last year, and I'm pretty sure I can probably guess four out of the five without a problem. Oh, so absolutely. At some baseball point, I has, feel good. But
0: baseball's become the people at the stadium are the people that are diehard baseball fans, and the people that are there on work trips to drink. that's, like that, that's, that's, that's who it is. It's not the casual fan watching baseball anymore, but you find a bunch of casual people who don't even really care about football tuning in on sunday because it's popular
1: that's fair uh justin would you agree with that that you know baseball has kind of become a secondary sport at least to our generation
0: oh for sure i mean i'll I'll give a prime example you can't even pay attention to me when i'm setting up uh, some talking points and you're setting up other parts of the show i think (laughs) i think it has everything to do with our generation's attention span baseball doesn't cut it anymore no one no one can commit to the long haul nor you know much less watch tv without picking up their phone so um, I think our generation uh, we just we want things quicker than normal, and baseball hasn't adapted to that. So I, I would agree with what you're saying.
1: I'm sorry, did you answer my question?
0: See exactly, what I was talking <laughs> about right there.
1: I, I heard everything you said, and I, I but I completely agree. You know, as a kid, baseball was amazing. It was so much fun. But as I got a little older, I, I, Russ, you put put me right in that category. It, it it's one of those things where you have to be a diehard fan, and you're someone who would go to every game if you could. Or it is it's it's hey we have 20 tickets to the game tonight why don't we get a group together and go it, it, it's it's become that whereas you know NFL's followed a lot more it's a lot closer so and but I mean circling back I I, I have to agree that I think this is a leverage play for him I mean we we talked about it ahead of time we looked at the numbers uh as I said projected to be uh be either the sixth or the 13th pick obviously that's very early projections things are going to change to me, this is a guy who I think has to be at the NFL Combine. This isn't like you know a shoe in in the past where guys didn't have to go to the Combine because they knew they were going to be you know they they knew they had that job. They knew that they were going to be a top pick. This is a guy who has to go to the Combine, has to prove to every single team. You taking me isn't a bad idea because the height's against you. The fact that you, you're not, you don't. While while you say his heart is in football, and I do believe it is. That contract sitting in Oakland is just it's – it's a risk because it's a first-round pick. You don't get back if mm-hmm. he decides not to be an NFL player. So you have to go and you have to prove to every team, even the teams that don't need a quarterback. You need to be on the Rams, the Eagles, the Patriots, the Seahawks – or not the Seahawks, the Saints, the Seahawks too though, uh, Kansas City. You need to be on every one of their minds not because they're going to take you but they need to be afraid of knowing oh crap Miami needs a quarterback I got to play this guy to you know at least two times a year you know th- the this team needs a quarterback I got to play them two times a year you want to literally be that kind of shoo of a guy that everyone knows who you are because they're afraid of either having you or they have to have you and I think Kyler's got a ways to go in proving that but at the same time I, I I think baseball just makes sense to me I think Oakland appears to really want you they appear to really really want you so why not capitalize on that
0: it, it just Can't doesn't make, make one sense. correction to your list there though yeah go ahead the Patriots better be looking for a quarterback that, that was a joke right oh. like you tried to sneak that in there
1: why they're, they're gonna go to another Super Bowl this year with a guy that should have retired three years ago by league standards
0: all right, I don't want to get into a Brady convo. I'm all, all I'm saying is eventually that man's going to have to be replaced. So eventually they eventually need to they're going
1: to discussion. need a quarterback. Eventually they're going to need a quarterback. But if you tell me your first round pick in New England is going to a quarterback, uh, I think that Bill Belichick might need to start you know checking the medications he takes every morning. I'm not saying I wouldn't be mad at it. I, I mean they're going to have to take a quarterback. I'm, I'm, but if you look at that, to be fair, the Saints should be in the market for a quarterback then too. Drew Brees, is, Drew Brees is what, two years behind? or He's two years younger than Brady, if, if mm-hmm. not one and a half? So, I mean, I, I understand that the, the old guard, is it's, it's going to go eventually. But if you start telling me the teams that need a quarterback, I feel like the Saints and the Patriots are two teams that are way further down the list in the way of needs at this particular moment for a first-round quarterback. Now, it's another thing to say I'm going to take Will Greer in the third round if he's available. That's a smart move. First round picks not something you need to address unless you know something we don't know about Brady. but i'm yeah i I just that happened to be a name i mentioned i and if you notice every team I mentioned except for Philly is still playing football right now. Oh. I just yeah, name the playoffs there um but <clears throat> jay, you just took me way off man i, I this is why we don't have you on the show uh, no no i the point I was trying to make was there's that speculation of the $15 million that Kyler told Oakland he wanted, but Mm -hmm. from the sixth to the 13th pick, the, you know, it it disperses about 4 million, but you're looking at 9.9 to 5.8 million a year guaranteed for that kind of pick. You just have to wonder. I know you said Russ earlier in the week when we were all talking that, you know, the money takes a little while to get in major leagues, but once you get Mm -hmm. to it, you get it. You really do. I mean, like I said, Machado is up for a seven year, 175 million dollar contract it, 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 you just have to kind of wonder look at drew henson the guy was a shoein in in both spots and i think he's doing radio in brighton now because it just didn't it, it didn't work out for him i'm not saying kyler murray's that guy because you you have guys like Deion sanders who's a hall of famer in the nfl probably could have made it in baseball so same with uh bo jackson the dude could play both sports no problem but you have to kind of wonder, are you really willing to risk the guarantee money for the not guaranteed money? Because look at the, the Cardinals are ready to, sh- uh, for what we see, the Cardinals are ready to ship out Josh Rosen after nine months of being on that roster. So you just got to kind of wonder, what what is what does he know that we don't know, that he thinks that he's got a just as good a shot in the NFL as he does guaranteed money in Oakland?
0: All right. Well, and to kind of put that, this whole waiting to get paid into into yeah. some context. I think Mike Mike Trout's the best case scenario we can look at here, and he so he's drafted in 2009. Yeah, he debuts, plays a few games in '11, wins mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year in 2012. Plays both 2012 and 2013, making the league minimum, right? Like almost $500,000. The Angels give him a raise to $1 million the next year, just to try and keep him happy. And then in 2015, he gets a six-year, $144.5 million contract. So we're talking about five years after he was drafted, he finally got some kind of substantial money. And he was making a pittance compared to what Kyler could potentially get in the NFL for five years. Mm -hmm. Average career length for an NFL quarterback, 4.4 years. So We're talking about waiting in the major leagues for what could be his entire NFL career if he doesn't pan out. Mm-hmm. So this is its concerning a little bit for, for his. It's a, because it's a huge risk. Um, you bring up Drew Henson, though. I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Kyler try football and then, and then go back to baseball later if he's really trying to mitigate that risk.
1: Well, personally, I think Kyler, the, where Kyler, I think, feels the most safe is he's going to spring training. He's going to be at spring training. I mean, Russell Wilson, the quarterback Mm -hmm. for the Seahawks, goes to spring training every year. Yeah, he still does. Still does. I mean, He's going to spring training. So I think this is where he kind of can get an idea of how he's going to do in Major League Baseball. But this could also hurt him. You go out there and bat, you know, 100 for the year. Mm You have a batting average of 100 and, like, knock in three runs in an entire spring training – Oakland's not going to Oakland's going to be okay with you going to the NFL, but the NFL's also going to realize, Hey, this guy doesn't like, this guy might need the NFL, but mm-hmm. to be fair, I mean, I get the money is there immediately in the NFL, but I, I also, and this is a different situation, but it's also kind of in the same. I, I will bring up two guys who were supposed to be, cannot miss players because of their intangibles and talent. Ryan leaf, the dude's like oh. in prison right now. Uh, and Jamarcus Russell, because everybody knows Jamarcus Russell can throw the ball 80 yards from his knees because you have to do that in the NFL for some odd reason. But neither of these guys were in the league, I think five years after they were drafted. So well, it's one of those things where yes, the money's there, but if you're looking to have a sustainable long lasting career, I, I just think that working towards it, baseball is going to be the better in the long run because Five years is all at NFL, all the NFL needs to know if you can or cannot make it in this league. And you can very easily go from being that first-round guy, the next face of the franchise, to all of a sudden you're Chad Henney, who is just a backup everywhere. I'm pretty sure Chad Henney owns every jersey in the league, just like Josh McCown, because he's been the backup uh-huh.
0: everywhere. Hey, so, Good money being a lifetime backup, though.
1: I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, can't you make like a seriously great living being the bullpen catcher? for a major league team, like you can make money doing these things. Yeah. So I I just, long story short, I, I, Kyler's got a decision to make, but I feel like the decision's pretty obvious, uh, from this conversation. I feel like we're all a little split, which that's good. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. So I will see what happens there. Uh, but this is just a situation where I think Kyler would do well to know where the money is, know that there's a team, that for some strange reason is invested in you as being their center fielder in the near future. Mm-hmm. No NFL team is going to make you that commitment. No NFL team is going to look at you and go, "Oh, we're invested in you being our the Giants' starting quarterback for the next five years." Not, not ever going to happen. Oh, so right. yeah,
0: just categorically, not just because it's Tyler.
1: Yeah. So I just think uh, baseball seems to be the right decision for him. We'll see what happens, but from one OU quarterback to another. Now we have this fun thing of the transfer portal in college football because former and uh, former Alabama quarterback Jalen Hurts has decided, you know what? Two has got this. I'm never going to play here ever again. Uh, I'm going to go to Oklahoma third quarterback in three years for Oklahoma Lincoln Riley. If he can do it again, really I think might, might have to be called the QB whisperer. I mean, you mm-hmm. have three guys that are just three very different quarterbacks. I, you know, Baker, to me, was the the undersized, gritty guy who kept the play happening. Kyler, I, I feel like a lot of times when I watch Kyler, I just saw him throwing deep balls for days to guys. Float around a little bit and then just chuck it deep. Jalen Hurts doesn't fit that description at all. Jalen Hurts is a move-around mobile quarterback, so we'll see what he can do with him. But with this transfer portal, it's opened a chain reaction of guys just deciding, you know what, I don't like this school anymore, or for other reasons – I'm going to go elsewhere because you've got Jalen Hurts going from Bama to OU, uh, Ohio State, who I thought was going to be the Ohio State starting quarterback this year with Dwayne Haskins leaving, uh, Tate Martell leaving also
0: o- too,
1: yeah, I think he did, yeah, leaving Ohio State to go to Miami, because Georgia quarterback uh, Justin Fields has decided I'm going to leave Georgia, where Jake Fromm seems to have it pretty, you know, pretty set, uh, to go to Ohio State, and now he's going on a hardship. Uh, What's the word? Uh, Hardship Hardship waiver waiver. He's going on a hardship waiver, which we're going to get into here in a minute. Uh, And then two other guys who were good quarterbacks at the schools they were at. uh, Wimbush, the quarterback for Notre Dame, has decided to go to UCF where they win national championships every year. They just never play for them. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, it's Chris Bryant. I want to say his name's Chris Bryant, but I could be very wrong on that. I should probably do my due diligence before I do things. Uh, Clemson uh, quarterback is going to Missouri because Trevor Lawrence appears to uh, have that job pretty much locked up after winning the national championship this year. Uh, Going over all those, the one that does step out is the hardship waiver. Uh, Russ, you had the details as to why. Explain to me what this hardship waiver is and why this guy seems to think he should get one. Because other than Jalen Hurts, he's the only one that has a chance to play football next year.
0: So, so kind of high, high level, the hardship waiver itself is a, a clearance to move from one school to to the next without having to sit out a year like you normally would have to for a transfer. And now it, there has to be some kind of mitigating circumstance that goes along with it, um, the school being punished for some kind of uh, illegal action, like was the case with Ole Miss, or in the case of Justin Fields, he's he's applying for the hardship waiver based on an incident that happened to him last year where one of the Georgia baseball players was tossing some racial slurs at him. Now Justin Fields, also being a talented baseball player, is claiming that he was thinking about playing baseball there, and now it does not feel like that's a safe environment for him to do so. Understandably, if you have someone that uh, is throwing enough hate speech at you that the school dismissed him from the team and dropped him from the school altogether, there's probably something there where that makes you uncomfortable, and it's really not an environment anyone should have to be in. And uh, I, I think for that case, he's, he's probably going to end up getting this hardship waiver. It also helps that the waiver itself only has to be really approved by the school. So if the school doesn't dispute it, the NCAA never gets involved. He gets his blessing and he moves on. So it would, it would take Georgia saying, no, we don't think what you went through was bad for him to not get this hardship waiver. And that's a, that's a bad look. Yeah, it's not uh, a great
1: look. Not a great look for if you want to be a major program in sports. No. Um, my also my apolo- my apologies. Uh, it's Kelly Bryant, not Chris Bryant. I don't know where there I got Chris go. Bryant, but uh, Chris Bryant's the uh, shortstop for the or th- shortstop or third baseman for the Cubs. That's third where I got too. that confused. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Bryant. But yeah, I mean, obviously, when I heard about this, I kind of was I, I I didn't know all the facts, so I was more of a he's calling it hard because he doesn't get to be the starter at georgia but what he would you know if if that's true and that did actually happen that is absolutely something where i could see you know wanting to move on wanting to leave
0: Well, Uh, it did happen the kid got suspended and and kicked off of the out of school altogether it it did happen
1: well yeah he got kicked but is is there actual evidence to say that he actually said it to fields or fields just said he was the one that it was said to
0: was I this believe guy there just was a, actually evidence. Okay. Say,
1: was this guy just a dick and, you know, Fields hurt at one time or was it actually I – mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen, believe me. I'm not – it actually happened, the guys off the team, whether, you know, if there's proof that it was directed specifically at Fields or it was just said in the vicinity of Fields is what I'm saying. But, he's, mm-hmm. you know, with what you just said, it looks like he's going to get the hardship. He's going to be the starter for Ohio State next year. Uh, Hertz obviously already has his degree – he's just going for that free year kind of like Jake Rudock. Uh, Wimbush, Bryant and Martel, you would assume all red-shirted going to probably you know they all have to sit out the year anyway, going to probably redshirt and go from there. But uh talking in the pregame or in the pre-show, I keep saying pregame like we're really just we're getting warmed up for something. We're just ripping it up over here. Yeah, we here, are. Man. We're getting ready. Getting ready. Uh, <laughs> but talking in the pre-show, uh, I made the the point of noticing it kind of being like this. You guys both agreed but uh, Jay, it does kind of feel like college football is adopting something from major or professional sports, and that's free agency. The ability to say, you know, I don't really want to be here anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else.
0: I, you know, and you're right, and I think it's okay. And, and actually more so, I, I love it. Um, the whole transfer portal, um, and many of the tools that uh, gives players more power, um, they're not getting paid, mind you, while they're at these universities. Um, they're supposed to be focusing on academics, which most schools, you know, turn a blind eye to. So if if we're going to be open and honest about it, that these are strictly just athletes. And some of them are student athletes, and no disrespect to them, but when they're just athletes and the school loves the athlete because it sells tickets and tuition and hot dogs and whatever, um, anytime they get more power to control their own destiny, I'm all about it. it, it it's the same theory of getting paid your money. It's it 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 trying to create equality in worlds where there's so much money being floated around especially in college sports that it's not shared amongst the people who are actually making the rich richer so i'm, I'm cool with it I, I just learned about the transfer portal today i'm not even gonna lie to you um it just started out in october um i hope it continues so we have a free agency in college sports
1: okay uh and like you said they're you know they're not getting paid to play sports and I, I know we've had this argument before on this show because it's impossible not to have this argument when talking you know college sports and the fine line we walk here, but can't the argument be made? You're, you're not getting paid to play this sport, but for the, because I, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a very small percentage of college athletes that actually go on to play their professional sport they're in college for, but can't the argument be made? You're, you're not getting paid to play this sport, but you are getting something that no one else, and you two both went to universities. You, you can, you know, i I, I got to think there's some relation uh, with all the student debt. You're getting a free <laughs> education. You're, you're literally getting something that the rest of, you know, the rest of that student body has to pay a quite large amount in order to be able to do.
0: That's true, but it, it's not equivalent to what the school is getting back from you. It, it, it's kind of like saying, hey, if you dig all these holes out here in my front yard, I'll give you a buck or two. Yeah, like, but you're getting paid. What are you complaining about?
1: But but can you say it's an equal break for a pro athlete either? There's no way LeBron James's contract is at all equivalent in the in the scale of what the LA Lakers are going to make this year.
0: No, but that's he is getting paid though a a substantial amount, and, and it's not you're not getting like what you know like exemptions. You're not getting food stamps. You're you're actually no, getting straight cash that he can do a whole lot with whereas these players we're, we're talking about the equivalent of a free education they also for as many of them don't want to go to class there's also plenty more that get pushed into hey go take this uh this sports economics 101 class which is where you maybe open up Microsoft Excel twice and and you know exactly what kind of class this is it's a uh, as long as there is an institutional push to just yeah you're majoring in football, the whole free education thing is something they can take advantage of but are not always encouraged to.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fine. I mean th- I, I feel like for some there and I made I made this argument earlier on that like you look at a guy like you said, Russ, if you didn't like the program uh, engineering program at Michigan, you could have mm-hmm. transferred to you know Michigan Tech. Yeah. And that's without great. Without penalty. Without yep. penalty. That's great. That's phenomenal. But you look at a guy, like I said, like Aaron Kraft point guard for Ohio state made it very clear after his, like his you know, draft speculation was coming that he he could be an NF or an NBA uh, point guard. He would have been great. Uh, he was actually a very talented, you know, player, but he made it clear. I want to be a doctor. So I'm, mm-hmm. well, I, I am a student athlete, but that student comes, you know, comes first for me. I'm using Ohio state for its program for its education to get to that next step. Whereas you look at a guy like, you know, uh, Tim Hardaway or Trey Burke or Mitch McGarry, none of those guys had any interest in be, you know, in anything but playing in the NBA. They use the program for that. Mm-hmm. So th- that's where I kind of like, I, 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 this portal thing to me, it, it should be labeled what it is. NFL players want to go somewhere where they'll get more recognition. That yeah, That's what it feels like to me. This yeah, feels it's like a
0: way to further their career path.
1: Yeah. and the hardship thing is one thing. I, I I'm taking you know taking that out. Right, right. But this thing to me seems like a very nice little gateway to a bunch of you know teaching these guys. If you don't get your way, you can just run somewhere else and get your way. And that to me is nothing. You know that that's not something you want to teach a guy because, like I said before, Antonio O'Brien uh, Antonio Brown can't just look at. Uh, Pittsburgh can go. I'm not feeling this anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna join the, I'm gonna join the the Patriots next year. That that that's not how that works. You're in in real life. You you have a contract. You have a, you're binded to something, and you're not really teaching these NFL guys to adhere to a contract. If they don't like what they're doing, they can just take off and leave.
0: Well, oh, they are receiving money though, actual money.
1: Yeah, I, and again, it, it's impossible to make this argument because of the fact of, mo- it is money. It it really is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, it changes everything. Well, you think, though, like Clemson this year. Clemson probably made – like, A
0: uh, pant load, just a an pant, absolute yeah. pant load. I
1: mean, it, there's no number to put on it, but Clemson probably made $10 million. That's, that's even a low-ball number. But Clemson, Clemson probably – let's say Clemson made $50 million this year off their football program.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fair. Uh, okay. And the average tuition for a, you know, for a university is what? For one A lot
0: less than that. Well, let's, hell just, let's just use a a forty thousand dollar just forty thousand for numbers, so we can keep talking.
1: Forty thousand. You have a fifty man roster,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I'm not I'm not doing that math right now. But a, a decent amount of money still, decent decent amount of money. But if you translate that to uh, professional sports, the Dallas Cowboys probably made a couple hundred million off of you know the you know in everything. Well, mm-hmm. their their payroll was this year was probably around 50 million dollars. See what I'm saying here like it, it's a trade-off the the hierarchy is always gonna make more.
0: Well, their, their payroll would have been closer to 100 million but yeah okay I, the payoff is always going to be different but there actually is a tangible payoff in the pros for the players. If, if we want to start talking about paying the NCAA players, then I can see your logic here and, and I see where you're going because there is something tra- transferable there. But if we're going to talk about kids that can't can't even use their likeness to make money, uh, we're going to keep treating them like students, Then you've got to keep the charade up all the way through and say, all right, if there's another place where you think you can further your career path while you're an amateur, hey, good luck to you.
1: Okay, I mean, it, I, I see what you're saying, and we've had the discussion of paying mm-hmm. at they paying the athletes and all that, but then you get into this whole thing of eventually it's literally going to be college football players signing contracts because we've we've said there's no reason you can ever pay Kyler Murray the same amount of money you're paying the backup kicker. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, 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 that's the that's the floodgates they're looking to open.
0: Not so, necessarily, but th- I mean if, if we still got major okay. league baseball that has everyone on a league minimum when they're a rookie no matter who they are uh, it seems kind of crazy to just assume that football couldn't do something similar
1: okay not necessarily but how long all right so you open it up and say each kid gets 30 grand a season
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it, it's a it's a bad number but each kid gets 30 grand, to grand to a season it. yeah 30 grand a season i guarantee you within 5 years you're going to start hearing push that Why is the kicker who hasn't played in four years getting paid the same amount of money as the Heisman winning quarterback that got us two national championships? And then it's a slow progression. You Start paying them. Within five years, you're going to start seeing the need for coaches saying, oh, I think that, you know, I'm going to keep using it just because it's the relevance. I think Kyler should be making much more than, you know, Matt Perez, the kicker. Or I think you know, or a player saying, "Yeah, I don't understand why I'm you know throwing for 40 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, and our you know our backup punter hasn't even seen the field this year yet. We're making the same amount of money. It's it's that slow progression. It's why it's why Antonio Brown doesn't make makes that much more money than some you know practice squad wide receiver. It's the reason that he makes more money than Brandon Powell it, because you know performance." Is what gets you that, and it, if you're going to open up the discussion for paying college football players, you have to understand that there's no way you're ever going to be able to set it to a fixed rate. It's just not going to ever happen.
0: It'll happen but for I, a little bit. I guess I'm saying baseball is over a hundred years old, and they are doing exactly that for the for the league minimum for the rookies. So it it isn't so far fetched. It
1: isn't so far fetched, but you know, again, you're you're also with this portal thing. You're saying. Like baseball, market? no. But I'm just saying, baseball players. Yes, you're, you're signed to a contract, but you're signed to a contract. You can't leave the team unless you want to give up playing that sport. Like mm-hmm. some minor league pitcher again can't look at the team and go, "I don't want to. I don't want to play here anymore. I, I'm going to just decide next year that I'm going to go play for this team." Oh, Where in college it. you can.
0: You well, you see it with guys requesting trades or guys holding out. I mean, it, it isn't so on outside of the realm of possibility, there are other avenues that pro athletes use to get out of their contracts or move to other teams.
1: There are other avenues. So, so now we're, we're looking though. That's what I'm saying. We're looking at floodgates opening here. Of Eventually college football is going to be the exact mirror. It's going to be like NFL prep pretty much. Like I mean, you're going to that's
0: start what it is in all the name already. Yeah.
1: But you're going to start seeing guys go uh, holding out now. Like you're going to start seeing the starting running back, for USC holding out, it's because they like the the team won't let him transfer. It's just one of those things where I, I feel like, the, though this seems like a good idea in theory for some, like Fields, or like Jalen Hurts, who he, he's already got his degree. He's never gonna play. It, 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 you know, he 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 went to school for he did he did what he was supposed to do academically. He's he's capitalizing on his opportunity to be able to play one year of football. And he he chose he he chose his team like we can't argue it because Jake Rudock did it, so those I see it. But guys like Martel, who literally you have no reason to transfer other than the fact that you know you're not going to step on the field. It, it you're just that it opens that floodgate of now you got guys who just go oh yeah I'm I'm going to be the backup running back here for four years or I'm never going to be the starting linebacker, so I'm going to go somewhere where I can be. It just it, you start getting a lot of players who don't get their ways and it's it's just leading to that
0: you know who you know whose opinion i'd like to hear on this i was just gonna ask did justin (laughs)
1: marcus fall asleep
0: no no you you guys are going back and forth on it i'm right here i'm taking it all in well that's Uh, i mean mr pay is pay that man his money himself i mean we're we're talking a lot about variable rates for playing for paying college students flat rate flat rate shipping two-day shipping i mean what what are we doing what are we doing over here Listen, you, you guys are making it a little more complicated. It's, 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 it's pretty simple. The college world and academics and all that, and I know we weren't supposed to get too deep into it, but we are, so let's get on it. Um, the, the college model is, like, ridiculously inflated with money, right? Yeah. Look at your student loans, <laughs> look at your interest rate, whatever. I don't. I, I have not a single problem giving any athlete – just like giving any student or just like giving any career that you're allowed to switch it up and do whatever the hell you want. I don't think that, you know, you don't own the right to your students. So why would you own the right to your athletes? And if athletes want to go and do what they want, let them do it. Like this whole portal thing, if, if they put their name in the portal, the school has the right to revoke their scholarship. So look, look what mm-hmm. is a rule that's in place. And the rule is tied to, okay, well now I'm going to take money away from you. It's all about the dollar. So, what, what's the difference between you can't own the rights to your students just because they, you welcome them to your university and give them a dorm and some shitty cafeteria food, then you're not going to do the same to your players. Um, unfortunately, the people who make all the money in, those, in the industry, they're going to try to control it as much as they can. But it just, it, eventually I think it will have to go that way, that players are allowed to come and go as they want. And I think it should just be a norm. I mean, it, you don't own your students. They get to own your likeness, like Russ said. They get to own, you know, your number on your jersey if your school does it. And every great play and bowl game that you go to, they're already making money off of it. Let the kids be kids. Because when they get to the NFL, it's it sink or swim. And that's when even more money is involved. So I just, I, you got to have the separation between the two. And I don't care how they want to pay it. I don't care the way it gets done. It's the theory of just doing it.
1: Wow. He, he really, he all saved right. it up just for that. I love it. And I, that's great, Jay. I mean, you really can't say it any better than that. Um, now again, Jay said it, we didn't want to get this deep, but we got this deep. So we're, we're going to, you know, a good topic that we can all speak intelligently on. We're not going to pass up. That doesn't make any sense. So and it rarely
0: happens.
1: It really does. The word intelligent <laughs> rarely happens uh, with this, with this show. But, uh, my last question to you, Ruskin, just because in our, in our conversation, you know Whether we're picking the side to pick the side or whether we really do believe it, you'll never know. You can't tell. We're that good. Um no, we not. We're not. We're not at all. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask, though, start paying the players. Let, let's just say yeah. we do it. No more free school. You have to pay for your college like everyone Please. else. You have an advantage that all these other students don't. You have $30,000 we're handing you. You can almost pay for your tuition right now with, your, with well, the money you're given.
0: I'll say if you prorate that amount to include some kind of compensation for tuition. All right. Yeah. D- discount, discounted
1: tuition, 40 grand a year gets down to gets knocked down to 20, 20, 15 to 20 a year.
0: Right. As long as they can still accept other scholarships. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay with that actually. Cause it, it's something where if you don't give some kind of discount or, or even enough to cover the full tuition, then you're actually end up, punishing the players and you're going the other way because now there's this new cost that completely takes away all the money they're spending. And God, that sounds exactly like something the NCAA would do. Thank you for putting that out into the ether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I, I mean, yeah, uh, I'm kind of okay with that. That kind of levels the playing field with regular students. Um, if you can earn other scholarships for your economic situation or your academic situation, and great, right? That That's more money that you don't have to spend. But as long as they are fairly compensated, and, and I think we're going to be at a point where that compensation will be well above what tuition would have been anyways because of the kind of money that's going in there. But, but no, I, I can get on board with that.
1: Okay, that's fair. I mean, I just – to me it seems like the most reasonable thing that if we're – I don't see how you can ever get away with free tuition – And then we're also going to pay you as well. That's just that to me is, as I said, I feel like the advantage you're getting is you're still a student athlete. There's a reason they put student first. In theory, you're supposed to be going to school, getting a degree, actually attending your classes. We know that might Mm -hmm. not always be the case. So I feel like your advantage is you're getting a free education, you know, while everyone else is not getting that. Or most everyone is. I understand there are people that, you know, get scholarships in other ways. I'm not saying that sports is the only way, but so that's why I'm saying I feel like if you're going to add the money incentive in here, you have to, you know, you have to at least make it so they have to pay for something while they're at this school free. Like that's that's a free ride in way beyond, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, damn it. You're hey, going to pay for something. That's true. <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you one good thing, though, say that they're not getting compensated enough. They got to take out student loans. You got more people taking student loans out. There's more money in the pot. Thus, the interest rate should go down a little bit more. Oh, they will um, not. So, oh, I know. I know. But I'm just trying to be logical about it. That would be awesome because, you know, 6.8% is just, oh, so lovely right now. Oh, God. Yeah. Why are you the way that you are? Oh, don't even drop that on that oh, topic. Man. That's not fair. <laughs> I, I didn't create the bullshit, you know, student loan, parent loan b- baloney that's going on, but let's oh. not do that right now.
1: So, hey, just I, so as our usual, Justin's all for? Pay that man his money. Give the kids their money. Just give it to him.
0: Always. So. Hey, as long as we're uh, throwing out crazy ideas, I, I got a crazy idea for the uh, transfer portal and the hardship waiver to expand it a little bit here. Okay. I uh, I got to give my uh, my lovely girlfriend Mona a little credit for this one because she came up with the majority of it. We have the last two teams in the in D one, in right? The worst two play each other. We call it the Paps Blue Ribbon Bowl, right? You get a blue ribbon; it's a participation. You tried. Whoever wins that game, your players <laughs> hardship waiver to everybody. I'm sorry you had to deal with this team. Go wherever you want right away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. But uh, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm good. Pat's blue ribbon bowl. Let's
0: do it. I thought, I thought one you were more gonna bowl. go down the path of like um it's like what soccer does when like you qualify Relegation. to be in a certain Yeah, I thought that's where we were going, but I like this better. It's like ooh, sorry for having to deal with that. You can go just you yeah. sprinkle across the uh <laughs> you know, the football landscape. That's excellent. Yeah. Well,
1: Um, and Russ, that, that was amazing because without even meaning to, you gave a perfect segue to speaking of hardship, let's talk about Detroit sports because there's enough of it there that I think at any point you could not fault any one of our superstars for going, fuck
0: this, you all suck. I quit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking about you, Blake Griffin, because the Detroit Pistons, they suck. I mean, I'm a basketball fan. So I, I watched as much as I could, and I even couldn't make it through a full game. Russ had homework to do last night for this game. He couldn't even make it through the full game. It it's was tough. that hard to watch. Uh, Pistons are just, they're one of those teams, too, though, where, I, I said it early, it's its legitimate on this team, it's a two-person race. I mean, looking at the, the leaders and all the stats for us, it's two guys. Blake Griffin, 25.5 points a game. He also happens to be leading in assists, 5.2. Drummond. Leads in rebounds, blocks, and steals. Steals. That's not something your center should be leading in. That just shows how bad you are. Your center should have n- shouldn't should even be in the conversation for that. Now, Andre Drummond's a talented player. Still shouldn't be leading in that category. Uh, they're 19-24 and 24 in the year, ninth in the East. And like we said before the show, they're one game out from being in the playoffs. That's how bad the East is. They're one game out from being in the playoffs, and they're, I think, 12 games from being in first place. Not going to get to first place, but it shouldn't be that close. Like, first and first and eighth shouldn't be that close. So it, it's one of those things where Blake Griffin, without Blake Griffin, this team is sunk. They're sunk. They got no chance. He keeps them alive. Just watching last night, you could tell. There was such a drop-off when he wasn't on the court. And I know this is all – Jay's already fallen asleep. He's just – he's snoring. I can hear it. But uh, for the guy that actually watched the game – us as a as a just a fan of Detroit sports, but not a basketball fan, it, it's got to be like pulling teeth watching this team play.
0: Well, the the first two plays from the game last night against the Magic were shot shot clock violations with air balls, both teams. Nice, and that was about how the game went for a while there. It it, it got better, and I do love an overtime, especially. If, you know how I feel about ties. I don't like them at all. So no, you're not seeing them times. duke it out in overtime and, and getting the win, that part was exciting, but it is, it's tough to watch. I mean, in, in a league that is emphasizing speed and three point shooting more and more and more to have the second worst three point shooting percentage as a team, uh, that's not, that doesn't bode well to have your best two players be guys that take up about the same space on the floor. That didn't seem to go well. And, and from watching anyways, from a layman's perspective, it, it very much seemed awkward because what's Andre Drummond doing out behind the three-point line? I laughed every time I saw it because they, they would go and roll a smaller guy on him, and he it, they know he's not shooting out there. He knows he's not shooting out there, and when he cycles in, they can shift the guy to him. He, he's an offensive piece, and that's not being used. So you're almost playing shorthanded. I, I wonder if if this team can even compete with this kind of roster construction with not enough three point shooters and, and two almost redundant bigs.
1: Oh, didn't you hear at the start of the year, Andre Drummond was quoted as saying he's got a very good three point shot and he intends to use it this year.
0: That'll show you, uh, how On, crazy unlike teams. NBA 2k. I guess, I guess. I saw him miss a hook shot from about four feet in. So I'm really doubting that three point ranges is, yeah, is working for him.
1: I believe it. Uh, I mean, but circling back, you look, Blake Griffin, 30 points last night. The guy had to score 30 points just to keep this team, you know, in it. And it still went to overtime. Andre Drummond, 14 points, 22 rebounds. I mean, the guy's going to get his rebounds. He, he's bigger than everyone. He's better at that. Obviously, uh-huh. as Russ is saying, probably not a great shooter, not a lot of touch. We'll leave that to my boy Luke Kennard, uh, who I don't even know. What Luke, Luke Kennard had 14 points last night, so clearly he did all right. It's just... This is one of those teams where it really does feel like they went to the open gyms around town and said, you're tall, you're tall, you're tall. Want to play for the Pistons this year where we need a few more guys? It really feels like pickup basketball where we don't have enough. If you want to play and you want to play, just come on. We'll we'll give it a shot.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, They've only got three players that shoot above average from three point.
1: Yep and like we said they have like four guys that are averaging in double digits for points that's not great you you ideally like a few more guys to do that I mean and part of this to me is and is the one of us that you know is actually a basketball fan watches it a little more often that to me the big terror is that we have this guy on our team his name's Reggie Jackson he in my opinion is a cancer for a basketball team because he's a point guard you know growing up Uh, this might just be me growing up I was taught the point guard's job is to facilitate the offense he's the quarterback he gets the ball up he sets up the play he makes it look good the problem with that is Reggie Jackson never learned how to set up the play he has to be the play he brings the ball up and he he's like what uh he's like Russell Westbrook light he has to try to always be the one making the play and he, he can't do that effectively I mean he had 13 points last night five of 12 shooting that's not very good Ugh. buddy you might want you might want to dial that back a little bit like that that's not very good uh, he's just he's one of those guys where he doesn't seem to understand the role he's in You're not the first option on this team that's obviously Blake Griffin. you're not even the second option that's Andre Drummond. I, I would stretch to even say I, I would rather see the ball in uh, Bullock's hands than I would Reggie Jackson so Reggie Jackson needs to learn you either have to facilitate or we need to find someone to facilitate. And that's easier said than done, too, because this team's had probably 20 point guards since Chauncey Billups, and none of them have been very good.
0: Hey, Jose Calderon's back, though. Yeah. yeah, The guy's wearing (laughs) a
1: wide receiver number. That means he's not playing very often. Um, Yeah. So it's one of those situations where this is a team where they have some talent. There's some talent there. The problem is there's not enough of it. Because if you go to these other rosters that are at the top, I mean – Boston's struggling a little bit, but at any given time, Boston has three all-stars on their team uh, starting for them. I mean, Kyrie Irving is still Kyrie Irving, the best point, one of the best point guards in the league. Hayward, coming back from that nasty injury, which we actually led our first show off with, coming mm-hmm. back from that nasty injury, still an effective player. You go over to the Philadelphia 76ers, who you, walk, you go down that list, it's just all-stars. I mean, Ben Simmons is 6'10", and he's playing point guard. Ben Simmons is the same height as Blake Griffin and almost as tall as Andre Drummond. And he's playing point guard. You know, you got Joel Embiid, the best center in the league, JJ Redick, another Duke boy. I'm working Duke boys in today. Uh, absolute shooter. Yeah. He's, he's an asshole, but absolute shooter. Jimmy Butler. They, they, it's, it's talent. The When you match up that talent with other team or with, with our, our talent with other teams, talent in the East, I don't even see mathematically how it adds up in it. In any playoff situation, Blake Griffin has to average 40 points a game just to keep the team at all in it, and that's asking a lot of a guy to play. Hey, you need to play 82 games as our leading scorer, and then in the playoffs we need you to take your scoring up by another 15 points. It just it doesn't add up. This to me feels like that long climb for a quick drop. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be we're gonna get in the playoffs, and it's gonna be a one and done, bounced in four scenario because you're gonna have to play. Like what we said, Milwaukee and Toronto, both those teams are going to just pummel you. Even if you do get lucky and somehow work it where you're in the middle of the pack in the East, you still have to go up against Indiana, who's got a lot of talent, or you have to face the Philadelphia 76ers or the Boston Celtics. Two teams that, at the start of the year, those were two favorites to win the NBA championship this year. So, I mean, and then I, for some fluke reason, which it'll never happen, some fluke reason you can get through the East, you have to... You're going to have to go up against Golden State. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, we watched basketball last night, Russ. Golden State scored 20 more points in the first quarter than the Pistons did. Golden State scored 51 points in one quarter of basketball the other night. Explain to me how anyone can keep up with this.
0: You, you, Tanya Harding, Steph Curry. Oh, absolutely.
1: Take <laughs> Steph Curry out of the equation. You still have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. Dray- I'm gonna. Here you go, Jay. Draymond Green. And then they I have, know that one. You know that I one. Know that and then one. they have a center who's one of the best centers in the league. He hasn't even played this year. It's just, oh. it's absolutely astounding. Literally, they're an all-star team. Oh Wow, I got very, very heated there.
0: <laughs> I, I think there's a water bottle that Bugs Bunny's got a hold of that, that might have some secret juice oh, that could okay. help us out. Might be the only hope.
1: It, it really might. You know, bring in Bill Murray for that. La- Bill Murray, I don't play defense. That's how the Pistons feel. Um, it's Whole just doesn't play defense. No, defense is a joke. Um, it's just been speaking of defense. We'll get to the Red Wings here in a little bit, and we can talk about that defense. Um, I personally think this Pistons team is just—it's it, fun for now. You get to see Blake Griffin do some cool stuff. You get to see Drummond block a few guys. But if you're looking for something to commit to for the playoffs, you better pick another team because it's not going to be us. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's hard to watch. Uh, but the cool thing, and Jay, you can actually chime in on this one because I, we, you know, I sent you guys the video, Jay watched it and I know he enjoyed it. And that was, uh, Blake Griffin made his way back to the Clippers a couple weeks ago, playing in LA for the first time since he got traded, traded on the 29th for Avery, or traded with, uh, with Willie Reed and Bryce Johnson. Uh, he was traded to the Pistons for Avery, Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, a protected first round, and a future second round pick. Uh, first time, you know, only team he's ever played for was the Clippers. He goes back and uh, I don't know about you guys, I think he was a little heated against the Clippers <laughs> when he played him. I mean, 44 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds. Uh, He just, he, he decided, you know what, I, I got this. You guys, everybody else hang around, and everybody else did. I mean, Andre Drummond had 20, 20 points and 20 rebounds, so we're not taking it away from Andre Drummond, but outside of those two, no one else really did anything in this game because no one else really touched the ball in that game. When you're, you know, your two best players go for 64 of your 109 points, you got to spread the wealth to everyone else. But um, the big story was after warm-ups, Blake Griffin uh, just sprinted off the court. Well, in doing so, he kind of didn't really go past, but got very close to the Clippers owner, who just he wanted, allegedly wanted to just say hi, talk to Blake. Uh, Jay, from seeing that video, I'm, I'm sure you had to have loved the, the heat. But I mean, as a fan, do you kind of get the vibe that he he kind of snubbed the owner a little bit?
0: Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> like the the NBA is my favorite soap opera because I only tune in when there's drama. Um, the, there's no way that he did not not see him. And the best part of the clip wasn't even uh, Griffin like doing his little skip at one point back to the locker room. It was when the owners walking down the tunnel. <laughs> he got the shot of his back, and he does that whole, like, all right, all right, and he claps his hands together, and he's like, all right, I see you. Like, no, nah, you used to see him, but you traded his ass, and now he's kicking your ass, and it was just, it was, it was excellent, like, must-watch soap opera TV. So I thought it was pretty damn sweet.
1: Well, I mean, and th- that's a highlight, but then to go off for 44 points against your former team, it-, it has to kind of be that situation of looking at him going, really? You thought getting rid of me was going to fix the problem? uh okay and i and i love it too because as long as blake's here you know circle those dates on the calendar because you know that means he's going off in those Mm -hmm. dates even if he doesn't even if he doesn't go off against anyone else which he clears to be clearly is doing this year anyway you know those clippers games he's he's going for everything it's give me the ball and get the fuck out of my way i did have to use that word i had to use that (laughs) word um it's just it's fun to see it, it, it and it, I'm not it's not comparable in any way but it's the closest I can get it's like you circle the date you used to circle the dates when the Red Wings played the Avalanche those games where you knew someone didn't like someone and we're going to see him collide because at the end of that game half the Clippers bench was in his face because he just went off on them so it, it, it's fun to see and if anything it, it, it at least propels me to watch a little bit more basketball just to see who Blake Griffin's going to piss off next. So it's fun. It's a good time. Uh, Russ, don't worry. We'll talk basketball more. We won't make you watch <laughs> any more games, though. So we won't make I'll, you watch any more games.
0: I'll end up watching a few more just because, uh, hey, this could be the only Detroit playoff team we see this year. So I got to treasure you know, that.
1: It really could. But just for the hopes of it, let's talk about the other one because, you know what? Me being a totally unknowledgeable hockey person, I still want to believe the Red Wings can make the playoffs, even though it they won't cannot. happen.
0: Don't, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> turn turn your microphone off. And don't ever say that shit ever again. <laughs> uh,
1: God, I don't even know where to start. They're they're bad guys. They're just so bad. But
0: but they're but they're good. They're, they're good at like, being they're, bad.
1: They're they're, good. they're, they're bad. good for what you want them to be. Yeah. Yeah,
0: they're bad, but it's it's good. It's, it's okay. Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> don't worry about it.
0: Don't <laughs> you don't have to.
1: It's just, it's tough. It's very tough because, I, at least for our generation, this has been a team that has gone from like royalty of the league to just bottom barrel, just no fun, nothing you want to watch. I mean, literally, they're eighteen and twenty-three this year. It's it's tough. Ooh, Tampa Bay is doing pretty well. It's just it's tough. To <laughs> say. Tampa can't. Bay. Well, I, the only yeah. reason I say that is because the guy leading them's doing really well, and he's coming here next
0: year, so maybe he'll uh, be able. Assistant, to assistant, but yeah,
1: maybe he'll be able to turn around. Assistant, we can I, have I help assistant. you with
0: that dilemma you have right there, buddy?
1: What dilemma do I have?
0: All right, your childhood, right? Red Wings, our childhood, our understanding of it. It's like the first house that you live in with a kid. You got to move on. You, you got to pretend like that house just like burned to the ground, and now it's like a Seven Eleven or something, because it 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 ain't coming back for a while. So. Just, it does suck, and Steve Eisner will come back, but things for me, I've learned to cope if you just pretend like it never happened or pretend like it's never <laughs> going to happen again for a while, <laughs> and you'll be okay. This, then you There's only one direction to go, and that direction is down.
1: So, so denial so, is
0: not just a river in Egypt, huh? No, no. Ooh, well not. played, well played. It, it, it's,
1: <clears throat> I, I guess, to, to be fair, it, it is tough. It, it's tough to see this team... Be as bad as they are after being so good for so long, but at the same time, I look at this team, and I want to believe that the talent we have is enough to be effective. But the more I watch and the more I see, I realize no, this is just appears to be talented, not really that. I mean, like take take a few guys off this team, and the rest of them, I, I I feel like aren't even third liners on other teams. Like I mean, take Dylan Larkin away. You, you, I mean, if you want to make a case for like, you know, Nyquist and all of them, that's fine. But most of these guys, to me, are, are they young guys who are just don't seem to get it quite yet.
0: No, that's, that's it, absolutely right. I mean, that's part of the reason why they're such a bad team, and why getting all these top picks is a good idea because there isn't top end depth on this team. There is, there isn't even depth. <laughs> right? like they, you, you've got Larkin, you've got Nyquist, who plays well with Larkin. Athanaciu is second in the team in goals, and and at times is is a good like middle six guy. And then hopefully Mantha shows up. You've got nothing else after that.
1: That's yep. fair. But uh, but hey guys, and, uh, Jay, I, this is gonna make you so happy. But uh, Tyler Bertuzzi had a hat trick.
0: His oh. first career hat trick. first three-Z. Hat trick. No. No, it, it was no because no, because that, no. that was my that was against my goalie in fantasy, and I got absolutely boned oh, by it. Oh, get him, bring him up. Oh, good that. for you. And then, and then the Ducks and then the Ducks walk in with their amazing track record, and they win again. So, not only are they getting out of being the bottom barrel a little bit, but my goalies in fantasy are losing. And it was Mantha, Mantha, have all people, had to break the tie in that game. So, no, not good. I don't like Bertuzzi's hat trick. No, thank you. You'd be nice to Mister Beast Per He's he's good, but can I can I give you some upside on some of this other stuff though? Yeah,
1: absolutely, Jay. Listen, Russ and I talked a lot tonight. We want to hear
0: from yeah, you're up. You. All right, I'll take care of it. Go for so it. So they 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 lo- they they win against Minnesota and the Ducks, which is great. Whatever, I'm 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 beyond that. Um, you know where I stand. I want them to competitively lose every single night. Okay, but if if they can't do it because they're going to start winning games. Um, there is some benefits with other teams that are in the bottom half of the league. Yeah. Philadelphia apparently is learning how to play hockey again, and they're doing a damn good job over the last two games. Um, Florida's going to get Trocheck back, which um, he's the integral part of that top six offense down there. Um, and just going across the board with the other teams down there, uh, the Hawks, uh, Delia is ending up being a good goalie for them, with Corey Crawford being sidelined with a concussion. Uh, the only team we have to look out for is Los Angeles, and they are averaging the least amount of goals per game. Um, so I think if we, even if we win games at this point, we're still worse than a lot of those teams that I just listed who are getting some good pieces to help them succeed more often than we are. So I, I think, you know, we're going to we're gonna push through this season, um, but we're going to be happy when it's draft day. Um, I think Nashville is holding the draft. Uh, for uh, next year, so um, just be be on the lookout for that. I'm I'm happy because other teams are finally putting some pieces together. Where you know we're just floating with the you know basically you know what our team is. I just realized this on offense and defense. We're basically Brendan Smith multiplied a million times and Thomas Yurko multiplied a million times. Mm. So you try to go find those two guys, they're not on the top line of anything for any team, and that's what you know. Your Helms, your Mantha's. Um, I'm sorry. Glenn Denning, um, there's other pieces that aren't going to cut it to win a championship, and we're just riddled with them. So um, just be happy. Let them competitively lose, and we'll be talking about a different team next year. Oh, I've got another bit of optimism, if we want to throw that on top of the pile. Absolutely. We, we've got a chance for Detroit Red Wing to set a, a good record. Larkin is one goal away from setting the – League record for OT winners. Right, there's there's only five other guys who have ever scored as many as he has right now, and he's just one away. So hey, if if the game goes overtime, it's worth watching. The rest may how, not as much. Do you do you know how far uh, Eichel is behind him on that list? I would have to look, but it can't be too far because Larkin only has four. Okay, because I know Eichel Eichel buried another one. It was a beauty oh, the a other sweet night. Goal too. last night. Uh huh. But hey, no. hey, we get a little bit of sunshine, right? It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can we can set a positive record and get a top pick in this in the same year. That's a, that's a decent deal. No, I want to make the playoffs. That is don't not know. mathematically. What? There is less than one percent of a chance that they make the playoffs this year. So you're Eric, saying give me, give there's a chance? No, you I don't. am not. <laughs> give me one good reason, or what's the, what? Not even your reasons. I don't care about you. Give me one benefit <sighs> to the team of making the playoffs.
1: It proves to me that this all this talent we seem to be attempting to collect and working with it proves to me that eventually it's going to actually work it proves to me that this team at least has some upside because like I've said a couple times now since we've been talking about this you can go ahead and draft all the players in the world you want but until you show me that that draft is the like the first those first picks are the guaranteed way for improvement I don't see it like I said Edmonton they've had the first pick a billion times since we've been alive they haven't won a cup since what like the 80s
0: Mm-hmm. So no, when your name is Trelli, you don't do a whole lot right. Yeah, when I you trade point. away hey, all of hey, those I would like talented to, I, players. I would
1: like to point out to you, you, you guys can, you can shit them all you want. Ken Holland is not some super amazing guy, we, as proven by us talking about him. So, and there's still no, I mean, we like to, we, we say, you know, Iserman's coming, it's going to happen. There's still no evidence to support that Ken Holland's gone after this year. I mean, they're not going to fire him. They've proven they're not going to fire this guy. Because if they were going to fire him, they would have done it a few years ago. They would have probably fired him when Babcock left, a total rechange of everything. But they didn't. They kept Ken Holland there. He's not going anywhere unless he wants to leave. He's like he's like Izzo and D'Antonio. He's for some odd reason has the keys. He 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 has the decision on when he wants to be done. So. I, I, I believe me. I understand they're not making the playoffs. I'm just doing that to mess with everyone. It's not happening.
0: It really. Okay, isn't. I, I I can live with that answer right yeah, there. <laughs> they're not making the playoffs.
1: But unfortunately, I'm not one of those people, and I've said it a million times. I'm not one of those people that believes that these top three picks are the guaranteed turn of a franchise. Because if they were, you would see the you wouldn't see the same teams drafting over and over and over and over again. And I get. Connor McDavid's that once in a generation kind of guy. I get that those first overall picks do pan out. We had this discussion last week, but lose for Hughes, lose for that other dude's name. Topo Capo yeah, Capo Capo, Caco. Capo Caco. lose for that guy. That That's great. That's awesome. It's another piece, but unfortunately at some point, these another pieces need to start being the pieces and that, that, that would be my reason for wanting to make the playoffs because this is a team that has no reason to be in the playoffs, obviously has no mathematical chance of being in the playoffs. But if you tell me that we can make the playoffs with, like, Dylan Larkin be, you know being a good player, we can make the team with Dylan Larkin, but at the same time also have Danny DeKaiser and Erickson being on that team and still make the playoffs, it gives me hope that these new good players we apparently have coming, whether they're in Grand Rapids or from the draft, gives me hope that that's just you know that's extra. That's just even better. That's just going to add on to things because if you can make the playoffs with Danny DeKeyser and Jonathan Erickson, you should be able to make the playoffs with these top top round picks that we want.
0: The my my only issue is that whenever people say make the playoffs to me, that's eighth seed, right? And uh, I think only one team has ever won it from the eight seed, which was the Kings, like four or five years ago. Yep. So it's just like make the playoffs is just like that's Your odds of being bounced early are so much great, greater than actually winning the whole damn thing. And when you get stuck in that purgatory, it's it's just – I you can't build correctly that way. You so, can't like,
1: build real, – real quick, this is going to show my ignorance. Uh, 16 teams make the playoffs, or is it only eight?
0: Correct. Sixteen. Sixteen. So
1: Jay, every year only or fifteen teams only make the playoffs. Only one team wins a title every year. So wouldn't your when you're this low in the barrel, wouldn't your first step be make the playoffs? Because then next year's gonna be get further in the playoffs. Then next step's gonna be get further in the playoffs. Then the next step mm. after that eventually has to be that's, win
0: the that's, cup. That's good and all, but ask the Lions how that went for them this year. Like that, that theory kind of works, but like people are gonna have setbacks all the time, so let's hit rock bottom and then maybe like win our, you know, like home record. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know that, way. but I'm saying like,
1: you're, like you're, I, I get the, I get the gear we're in here, but say we, say we do that, say we draft one of these guys, say we get them, next year's incentive can't be, same thing. It has to be something. So eventually, this team, team's first goal has to be make the playoffs, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, whether it's five years from now, that first step has to come with making the playoffs. That's your benchmark getting to the playoffs. It should be the first benchmark. So you ask me why I want us to get into the playoffs. That's why, because it shows me this team's direction is actually towards trying to achieve something other than a first overall pick.
0: Well, and I think that's right, but that can only start to be your goal once you have acquired talent because, outside of John Tavares doing it for the first time ever, uh, you don't go out and acquire franchise-changing caliber talent through free agency. So it, we've really only seen two years in the talent acquisition phase where Rasmussen and then Zadina being the top picks. So one, two more years, that well, about four years is what it's taken. That, that's what Chicago did. That's what Pittsburgh did. And then they start to climb back up once those players get into the, into the league. So you're absolutely right. The goal should be that eventually, not this year.
1: No, I, those
0: I, those guys aren't even up here. I mean, Rasmussen's kind of playing, but yeah, when Valeno and Zadina come up, then we can start talking about that.
1: And again, I, like I said, I, Justin asked me why I would want us to make the playoffs. I, oh, I'm right. realistic yeah. in the fact that it's not going to happen, but my, my last question to you two on this, uh, believe me, I, I could argue with you guys all night about this. I really would love to, but my last question about this is like you said, you know, you got to start acquiring the talent at what point do we have to look at this as have to keep acquiring talent to the point of maybe we already have the talent. We just didn't get the right talent. You got Dylan Larkin, you got Zadana, Valeno, you got these guys. I, I we've all, I, I've said millions of times that I think they should be addressing defense. And that's where they're That's where they were looking with the lose for Hughes. But at, at, at what point is it, we have all the talent. We just didn't get the right talent. I mean, you can keep collecting these wingers and these centers and cycling them out and all that, but eventually you have to admit that we may be, you know, not just we might be taking the players that looked great but aren't really what we needed.
0: Well, they, they also took a, some defensemen in the second and third round last yeah, I mean, year. Yeah, I remember. and, yeah. and Cholowski's coming up, and Jensen is low-key looked like a nice piece on this blue line. Especially when it's been paired with Chilowski, and I like so,
1: Chilowski. I do. I, 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 I tweeted you know at the start of the year. I like Chilowski. I think he's a good yeah. player, and I like Jensen too. I'm not yeah. saying that we don't have it. I'm just saying.
0: No, you raise a fair question. That you know, at, at what point do you cut you cut the cord and go? All right, we got to run. Right, we we got to go with this talent. And uh, oh oh, did we get the right guys? Uh, I think it's a year from now. You're ta- you're talking about that, maybe two. Uh, because you've got you actually have to try and get the talent a little bit before you can say all right did we get the right talent because it, it takes less and less time now but it takes time to really even be able to evaluate if you made a right pick or not
1: okay so to be fair I mean and again this is all speculation this is just our opinion as fans oh well, yeah by your by your theory and jay if you don't agree with this by all means please chime in we're, we're, we' we want you to actually be on the radio tonight um <laughs> uh my my thing for you is are you uh by by 2020 2021 we should be an effective team
0: yeah i i mean i've I've been pretty consistent this season I think this team is two to three years away from being competitive and and once we hit that mark yeah it's it's go time we we got to stop the tanking talk and you gotta start actually moving and it looks like we got a piece with Larkin. Uh, Valenos looked really good down in town in the uh, minor leagues. So it's yeah, you give them a couple years here, still you get a few more guys, and that's when you got to go. That's when if they're not competitive, we we start to get to a lot of problems here. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I agree with exactly what you're saying. Um, only a couple caveats to it is that you know there 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 are times where you don't have to have all the pieces of the puzzle to say that you did a good job. And what I mean by that is, look at Toronto. Look at their back end on their defense. <laughs> they're so focused, and they're it's working between uh, Freddie and Net and everything. All the talent they have up on the blue, um, you know, on on the forwards, and the way that the contracts are all working out, they're they're getting together just fine. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be competitive. And you know, that's probably enough for that ownership over there. So sometimes you don't have to have all the pieces to say you're done. Um, But in terms of the second half of the question, um, if they tank right this year and then they trade away right this year, the bar immediately goes up in my mind. And for me, winning a Stanley Cup is the bar. Like, I I know it's the goal, but it's also been the childhood bar that I've had. So even though we've kind of burnt down the house and moved away from what was our childhood, it's still my expectation. So whether they, you know, if if they trade away the right pieces and they actually tank and get some top-end talent – and then you mix in the Valenos and the Zadinas, um, get some more regulars on the blue line, get rid of the Watowski's and the Glenn Dennings and all of that, and just, you know, focus on being a team of the future. I I, would, I don't want to tank next year. If that's what they do, and then we get into the playoffs and we're like a fifth or a sixth seed, and we kind of float like Chicago did for three years after they went on their run, I can live with that. Because then it's okay. We're going to have some lumps and bumps, but we're going to potentially go for a conference championship. So, and that's why I want it to be that dramatic of a swing. And I'm not just doing it for shock value. I want them to fucking suck so bad so that we can raise the bar quicker than we would at on like a 5, 10, or what Holland thinks is like a 15-year plan to get it done right. <laughs> so I want, it, I want it quicker.
1: That's fair. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here on Armchair Sports Talk. Uh, another great show by everyone here. Uh, what I love is we don't always see eye to eye, but at the end of the day, we can still pretend like we're friends. So that's always okay. a good thing. Uh, <laughs> my thanks to uh, the silent one The guy who's just taking it all in Just wanted to hear what we had to say uh, Dialed him up to be on the show And he, he was on for a little bit So it's always a good thing uh, Justin Marcus, we appreciate you taking the time, buddy
0: Hey, anytime you guys are going to go at it like that I will gladly step aside and watch the dog fight. So don't you worry about it
1: Alright, sounds good And uh, Russ Ivanac, you're, you're, uh, you're wiser than I ever shall be But at the same time, uh, I appreciate you at least Giving me a chance to go toe-to-toe with you tonight Cool Who told you you were my friend? I I just assumed. That was a bold (laughs) assumption. Listen, I literally drew names out of the hat when I picked my best man. And picking you, you're the first name I was able to pick, so blame the hat.
0: Ah, man. Go by alphabetical
1: order next time. man. Hopefully there's not a next time. Yeah, Justin would have won. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. Uh, But, yeah, thanks for being on, buddy. We really appreciate it. It's a blast. Oh, yeah. And as always, I'm your host, Eric Dorsch. That's one small step for us, one giant leap back in Detroit sports broadcasting.
0: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.